Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome in to the QB11 show. This is Doug Scott with our instant reactions from my instant reactions from the Oregon 35 to 6 road victory at Utah. Great win today for the Ducks. This game was never in question right from the start. Oregon took uh, the opening kickoff march down the field, put up seven points. I think every play they ran gained at least five yards, uh, most, most, well, more than that. Same thing on the second drive. Had a quick 14 to three lead, built it up to 21 to three before a, a end of half field goal by Utah. And then 14 points in the third quarter was the final margin here. Let's start with the negative. I, I, not that there's a lot. Look, Oregon dominated this game on the on the trenches on the line of the ball. Let's just get the negative stuff out of the way. They got sloppy mid third quarter. You know, they had like three drives in a row where they just had way too many false starts, shot themselves in the foot, you know, got, got behind the change, first and 15, first and 20. Had, Troy Franklin had a really good game overall, but did have a couple drops today that were bad. I think uh, Gary Bryant had a drop as well that was kind of unfortunate. Um, so that was a little bit sloppy. And then Oregon just didn't really execute well offensively there late late third, early in the rest of the fourth. But it didn't matter. Obviously, it didn't matter. The game was over. The game was really over before the half. And my once once Oregon was up twenty one to three, like you could just tell there was no way Utah was going to be able to to come back from that deficit with the way Oregon's defense was playing and the limitations that Utah's offense just has inherent to what they have right now um, on the field. So really, really big statement win for Oregon to go on the road, a really tough place to play. Utah hadn't lost a home game with, with crowd in the stands since 2018. So that streak has now ended uh, and just a dominating performance. Really this game was all about the trenches. Oregon's offensive line um, really dominated Utah's front. I mean, I, I was watching the box count and Utah was playing seven and even sometimes eight men in the box pretty consistently throughout this game, which I think is why you saw Oregon, um, you know, passing the ball. They ran, they passed the ball actually a little more than they ran this game, especially early. I think that's why you saw that the box count favored passes, Bo audible into some great plays. And even when they did run, they still managed to get 5.3 yards per carry against heavy boxes because the offensive line was dominant and, and Stein and Bo, like got them into the right plays even against a heavy box. So really impressive on that uh, the offensive line and those that trench play outside of those penalties. Obviously, uh, I flip it around the other side. I mean, what can you say about the Oregon defense? I mean, the Oregon defense like owned owned this game, and that started up front. Brandon Dorless had a hell of a game. Uh, you saw Blake Purchase making plays off the edge. You saw Mateo making plays. You saw Popo. You saw it was a total team effort in the front. The linebackers. Probably, I mean, the linebackers have really been improving all season. I, you know, I said it before the year, the linebacker play this year was going to be significantly improved and one of the surprise storylines of the season. And I think we're seeing that, especially now with Jacobs back, but also Bossa and Hill and the other guys out there. I mean, they just, they just played a, a really good game. Uh, you know, they, they didn't get any, give up anything in the passing game. They were filling the running lanes, held Utah to, to 99 yards rushing on 36 rushes, so just 2.8 per carry. Uh, again, the defensive backs, they just put them on an island, said, go match up one-on-one. And, you know, and they did. Uh, Barnes was 16 of 30 for 
142 yards, two interceptions, so only 4.7 yards per attempt. So really, really dominant day uh, against uh, really all around on the defense. Like that, you cannot give the defense enough credit in this game. I think they even, they even got a short field with that uh, that fumble by Bucky on the second possession of the game, and and they held him to a field goal and and really dominated this game. The defense of the defense of Oregon was just. Uh, just really impressive in this game all around everybody. Evan Williams, huge game for Evan Williams. Um, so yeah, it's just a dominant performance by Oregon. Let, let's go. We can go through some of the stats here. I talked about Utah's team stats and defensively only 241 total yards in this game. Uh, just right around uh, three. I want to say about three and a half yards per play in, in the game uh, around four, four yards per play. So, so pretty low number, obviously. Um, and then Oregon conversely had 390 yards. They did 248 through the air, 24 of 31. Uh, Bo was in this one. Had a couple drops, like you said. That percentage should have been a little higher. Uh, and then 142 rushing at 5.3 per carry. So, uh, again, the penalties are really the only mark there. Oregon had eight penalties in this game. Also did have their second, only their second turnover the season with that, that Bucky uh, fumble, which was the first fumble lost by an Oregon running back since Mario Cristobal was head coach. So that just shows you. Uh, really credit to Coach Lachlan, credit to the way he coaches the running backs and and the running backs themselves. They don't they don't give up the football. And if you look at that play, like it was just a freak play, right? The guy hit him right in the right spot, knocked the ball out, fell right into his lap. I mean, you know, credit, credit to the Utah defender who made that fumble and recovered it. But it wasn't like, you know, Bucky was running carelessly or the ball was held loose or anything like that. It was just it was just a great play. And, you know, if you give if you lose one fumble in two seasons, yeah, I think you're gonna take that. So you know, whatever. Uh, let's go over again to this, some of the individual stuff. Bo Nix, 24-31, 248 yards, two touchdowns, um, no interceptions. He, uh, really a you know, typical Bo Nix game, right? Like it's just been a, the, the way he's played this game all year long, right around that, you know, high 70% uh, completion range, right around that 250 to 275 yards, two to three touchdowns a game, super efficient, just getting the team into the right plays at the right time, running the offense. He's just, like someone, I think one of the broadcasts they used the, I think Joel Klatt used the analogy of a point guard. And that's exactly what Bo Nix and this offense are doing, right? He's just like distributing the ball. Uh, Bucky, 14 carries, 83 yards and a touchdown. Also added four catches for 36 more yards. So he's, a, he's at 120 yards from scrimmage in this game. Jordan James, limited runs today, only five carries, but he did get 38 yards out of them. Uh, which is a 7.6 average. He also caught two for 22, and that touchdown early in the game on 18-yarder on a great player over the middle. Um, I really, really was interested to watch how Oregon attacked the middle on the kind of second and long and third and long plays. They kind of cleared it out with the running with their um, their receivers, and then either had a tight end or a running back kind of dragging over the short middle. They saw something on film. Obviously, they attacked that multiple times. Uh, was successful, um, extremely successful, particularly in the first half of that game. So a great job for both of the running backs there. We saw Bo run more in this game than he had. He, he did four designed runs here, and, and one of those was a touchdown, obviously, a keeper, which was a good movie. He also converted a third down at one point, I think, you know, picking up an extra running uh, blocker from the running back. So, you know, great job there. Um, on the passing game, Troy, eight Eight catches just under 100 at 99 yards and a touchdown. Again, he he had a couple of uncharacteristic drops this game. I'm sure he'd like to have that back. I think this puts him at, uh, I think he's closing in on 900 yards now for the season. He's got like 860, 865 yards, something like that. He also has nine touchdowns, and he's over over 50 catches on the year. So he's well on pace to set 
records and all Oregon records in all three of those categories and, and just continuing to show why he's he's uh, an All-American. Tez Johnson, six for 51. Talked about Bucky and Jordan. Terrence Ferguson only had one catch, but it was a big one. I mean, he just put his mitts up and, and grabbed that one out of the air, 20 yards, big third down conversion, set up a touchdown. So great catch by Terrence there. Holden had two in this game, so nice to see him back in the in the receiving category as well and then then herbert caught his one as well talk about the fumbles let's talk about defensively I, you know evan williams right i mean uh, 10 tackles or seven tackles in this game three solo uh, jaleel florence i thought it was nice to see him be able to play you know a full game for the most part he's been kind of in and out of the lineup he's been clearly not 100 health i thought he did a, a really good job in this game nine tackles uh, so, you know, great job there. Keon Ware Hudson had a sack, uh, played a lot in this game. Uh, it was clearly part of the lineup against, you know, Utah's heavy personnel, heavy run looks. And Keon did a great job. He's kind of the odd man out and the forgotten man in the, in the interior defensive line rotation this season. But when he plays, he's always effective. And he always he has been for years. So, uh, you know, shout out to Keon. Uh, Kyrie Jackson was back in the lineup this game and really showed he had, he had a sack, two tackles for loss, five tackles total. Tatum, two Yodi, four tackles. Um, you know, uh, Justin Jacobs in the second game back had three more tackles in this game. We had another sack from Jordan Birch, another one from Brandon Dorless, who just had a monster day. Uh, I'm sorry, both of those were sa- uh, tackles for loss, not sacks. Shipley had a had a tackle for loss as well. So total only only two sacks in this game, but uh, they didn't really show you the amount of pressure that Oregon had on Bryson. But they were hitting Bryson Martins all day long. They forced early throws, they forced throwaways, they forced errant throws. They had him on the run. Um, it was uh, it was a dominating effort from Oregon's defensive line, and of course Taishim two interceptions uh, in this game. Uh, you know both of those were uh, a little bit of a gift from Bryson Barnes, but he's in the right place at the right time, and he made the catch. Uh, so credit to uh, Taishim, and that that actually takes Oregon up to now eight takeaways on the year. They one of the things I was saying they don't they don't do very well this year is take the ball away. So it's nice to see them get two in this game, and and they certainly did. So moving over to the Utah side again, Bryson Barnes. Um, you know, really 100, 136 yards, two interceptions. That, that's not the day he had against USC, but I, I think it goes to show like nobody expected um, Oregon's defense to play like USC's defense, and they certainly did not. Um, running the ball, you know, there's a kind of a combined effort between Glover and Jackson and Vaki. I mean, let's talk about Sione Vaki. We talked about him a lot leading up to this game. He had two monster games against Cal and USC leading up to this one, and really he was – he was a, a non-factor in this game. He did not catch a single pass. They they handed him the ball five times. He totaled eleven yards, uh, so two point two per carry. One eight-yard run was was his sole highlight of the day. So Oregon did a great job of of really shutting him down. Uh, really, the receivers. Vele caught seven passes in this game. Pretty much all of those were of the, you know, five to seven-yard variety. They just you know he made some nice. He ran some short routes. He made a catch. He got immediately tackled. Right, didn't really impact the game in any significant way. Money Parks five catches for twenty-four yards. So similar, even less. Um, Manure McLean, who we were told was going to be a massive deep threat in this game for Utah uh, by a Utah fan last night on Spaces, he had one catch for fourteen yards. So um, I guess that's massive. And then of course Mikey Matthews also had one catch. Jalen Glover had a catch on the backfield. I just like Utah's offense was was you could just tell they're just they don't have any weapons. And this is what QB said, right? Has been saying all along is their weapons are gone. And now they're playing against a good defense, just like when they went up against Oregon State and when they went up against UCLA. When they went up against good defenses, they can't do anything because they don't have any weapons. 
And that's exactly what happened in this game. They don't have any weapons left. They don't have a they don't have Cameron Rising who can make stuff out of nothing left. And and Oregon just manned up and shut them down. And and that was the story of this game. And Oregon's offense did enough early to to win and and took took both of those turnovers into seven points each. So it was nice to see Oregon's red zone offense click on all cylinders today. Um, didn't have any trouble with I don't even know if they attempted a fourth down, but they didn't have any trouble scoring touchdowns in the red zone, which is nice. They did not attempt a fourth game in, in this game, and they did hold Utah for five out of 15 on third downs and one out of three on um, fourth down. So that's all I really have to say about this one. There is really a whole lot to say other than this is a, this is a dominating performance. This is what Oregon needed to do, and now they have everything under their power as we look down the home stretch of the season. They have four games left. Three of those games are at home. And the road game is at Arizona State. Um, you know, this team controls its own destiny. The pathway to get get to Vegas, win in Vegas, and get to the college football playoffs is all in front of them. Look, if Oregon wins the next five weeks, they will be in the college football playoffs, without a doubt, 100%. There is no scenario where this team wins five in a row, gets to 12-1, and one, and gets left out of that playoff. Not with the, the teams that they beat, the teams that they will have to beat to get there. It's just not, it's not possible. Uh, so... Everything they want to do is right in front of them. They go Cal at home next week, 2.30 p.m. kick on the Pac-12 network. Then they're, of course, going to come stay at home two, two weeks in a row, play USC, who's reeling. Right now, USC is losing to Cal, uh, which is crazy to think, but that's what's happening right now. So, that you know, if Oregon can get through that one, obviously, USC is a dangerous team. They seem to be a mess right now, but they're still a dangerous team. So if, if Oregon get to that one, then they go down to the desert, take on Kenny Dillingham and Arizona State. And, hey, credit Kenny. He's got those guys playing good. But that's a game, if you're Oregon and you're sitting there with all these goals in front of you, you cannot go to Oregon, to Arizona State and even make that a game, right? You've got to put that way one early, just like you did today. And then you come home, you take on the Beavers in the final game of the season. And the Beavers haven't won in, in Eugene since 2007. And that was against a fifth-string quarterback. I know the Beavers are a good team. They're not the Ducks. They're not the, they're not as good as the Ducks. The Ducks, the Ducks have all their goals in front of them, and quite honestly, they're set up to run this table and get back to Vegas and probably get a rematch with Washington. and And there's no reason to think that that they can't do that and they shouldn't be able to do that. So, um, you know, now they got to do it. They got to do it week after week after week. This was by far the after they lost that Washington game. This was the game. This was the game. When you looked at it on the on the calendar, you said they they have to. They have to do this one because obviously if they don't, those goals are those goals are falling by the wayside. Um, but if they do, uh, if they win this one, then then the table is set up really well for Oregon. And they did. They dominated this game, and now the table is set up very well for Oregon. Look, we're going to be back with you Monday morning. QB and I will break down this game. We'll talk about all the other games. We'll talk about what's ahead. Great, impressive win by the Ducks today. This is a top-five team. I don't care what the rankings say. This is a top-five team in this country. They're better than Texas. They're better than Oklahoma. They're better than Penn State. They're better than Washington. We, I think we all know that. I think most people around the country know that. Washington fans don't want to hear it, but you know, just because you win one game doesn't mean you're a better team. It just means you won one game. But look, we're going to have a chance to see that game again, most likely, and I look forward to it. I, I want to play Washington again. I don't want to, you know, I mean, I'll take whoever if we get to Vegas, right? But I want to play them again. I want that. I want that rematch. So we'll be back Monday morning and the QB11 show. Thanks again for listening.